Hello and welcome to this Gateway House podcast. I am Samir Patil, Fellow National Security Studies at Gateway House. This has been a week of important summits, beginning with the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit in Qingdao in China last week, then the G7 Summit in Canada which took place over the weekend, and then the landmark Singapore Summit between US President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Chairman Kim Jong-un few days back. How should we decipher the outcomes of these important summits and what do they mean for India? To discuss these and other related questions, today we have Ambassador Neelam Dev, Director, Gateway House. Ambassador Dev, let's begin straight away with the Singapore summit between President Trump and Chairman Kim. How do you assess the outcome of this summit? Will it produce an agreement uh, similar to the JCPOA or maybe better than that? Uh, I think like everybody else, uh, I'm shell-shocked. Uh, the, uh, the, both the process uh, and the deference shown to uh, Kim Jong-un by uh, President Trump was, has surprised everybody. Uh, and at the same time, the outcomes which uh, do not seem to have ended yet, uh, because in the original statement, uh, there had not been very specific uh, statements regarding what would be undertaken as next steps either by North Korea or by the United States. But in the press conference that followed, uh, President Trump, who is constantly uh, or feels constantly attacked by the media, uh, also said quite casually that uh, they would curtail the ongoing joint military exercises with South Korea both because they were expensive and because they were very provocative and inappropriate inappropriate when there is a peace process uh, underway. So uh, I think it may be too early to assess the actual outcome since I think we may hear more. But in terms of what we know, this is what the Americans have offered. Uh, Whereas uh, the North Koreans have spoken about uh, dismantling of missile testing sites They have, of course, already blown up a nuclear testing facility, which at the time that it happened was welcomed. But two weeks later, it is being decried, both because uh, the claim was that it is no longer usable uh, and because uh, it is now suggested that North Korea may have many more. It may may also have more missile testing uh, uh, sites. But disarmament cannot be one big blow up of the country which is supposed to have all kinds of hidden uh, facilities in their uh, mountains. I think it's important that uh, Kim Jong-un was uh, treated uh, as the head of state, head of government of any other country and shown all the protocol uh, required, flags flying together, uh, the two walking towards each other, shaking hands, uh, strolling uh, together casually and that they managed to issue a joint statement even though the differences six months ago were uh, as if there was going to be an outbreak of a hot war. So I think that we should uh, see it uh, for what it is, the beginning of a process and not get uh, uh, overtaken by the uh, by the volume and stridency of uh, 
the critics uh, of uh, Trump in the United States, which include uh, some uh, media outlets. And I'm sure we also have to uh, uh, pay attention to the role of China and Russia in this and, and, and entire development because they'll be surely keenly watching what happened in Singapore. Um, I think both countries, but also Japan, also uh, South Korea, all the neighbors, all the powers in the region. Uh, so Russia, uh, once this summit uh, became a real, looked like being a reality, the Russian foreign minister visited Pyongyang and Russia has suggested the revival of six-party talks, which actually haven't been held for many years now. Uh, China, in the meantime, has obviously played a part. Uh, Kim Jong-un made two visits to meet with uh, the Chinese president. And if you take away all the, the, the sort of rhetoric around it, what seems to have been accepted is the Chinese proposal of a freeze for a freeze. So the North Koreans have said that they will start denuclearization. They are freezing. They have already frozen missile launches and uh, do not plan any more nuclear tests. And the Americans have agreed to freeze their joint military exercises with South Korea, which may well be followed by the drawdown of American troops or some part of those troops. They may simply be shifted to Japan, they may be moved somewhere else, but uh, there is no question that the Americans have also moved to meet the concerns uh, of the North Koreans. Now the bonhomie uh, between President Trump and Chairman Kim was uh, quite a different side from the acrimony which happened at the G7 summit in uh, Canada between Trump and uh, other uh, Western countries. Uh, so uh, how do you see this division in the Western alliance? Are we seeing definite moves towards realignment or is this just a temporary phenomenon? I think it depends really on expectations. Obviously the members of the G7 who uh, were the biggest economies in the world when the G7 was set up Actually, they no longer are. Italy, UK, uh, you know, these countries are no longer among the seven biggest uh, economies. In fact, countries like China or India uh, should be there. But their expectations of their Second World War alliances uh, remain alive and remain quite large, uh, I would say. For 70 years, the United States has not only been more than 70% of NATO, but it has often had to pull them out of their misadventures, including Suez in the 50s, including Libya, where they ran out, where UK and France ran out of ammunition, and the Americans had to come in. Um, it is a fact, of course, that they have also uh, been part of uh, NATO missions in Afghanistan, in Vietnam, in all kinds of places all over the world. But somehow there is something uh, disturbing. Uh, about the fact that the Canadian uh, Prime Minister has repeatedly said that uh, they expect uh, uh, the United States to uh, honor them on trade relations because they have fought alongside uh, in many uh, theatres in the world. In actual fact, they really need to ask why were they fighting uh, in those theatres where their own national security interests were not uh, involved in at least the Europeans 
have a logical argument because Europe has been the theatre. Uh, I think that we are seeing a realignment because the global scenario has changed. How can you keep on acting as if nothing has changed when in fact the, uh, the theatre on which you uh, act uh, has become a completely different place. Not only has China expanded uh, at a, a speed and on a scale that is completely unprecedented, but so have countries like India, like Nigeria, like uh, Indonesia. They have grown uh, to be large, important uh, economies. So I think that there has to be a realignment just because the reality has uh, changed. And the longer that uh, alliances and countries continue to act as if these changes haven't taken place, the longer will you have uh, these kinds of disruptive uh, engagements as was seen in Canada. So what do these summits mean for India? Uh, I've seen that you have tweeted out saying that India should have been a member of the G7. So uh, what do the summits mean for India? I think we have to uh, recognize that the G7 was found inadequate to deal with the 2008 global financial uh, crisis and the G20 was created to deal with that. That was a recognition that economies like China or India or Indonesia or you know many of the others who came into the G20 uh, were, uh, were a big part of the, uh, the global economy. So I think, uh, in my opinion, the G7 uh, might uh, actually lose its significance and may really should be disbanded. And in fact, uh, President Trump sort of threw the you know, cat among the pigeons by calling for a readmission of uh, Russia. If the G7 was indeed intended to look at global economics, then it must try to leave out their political differences with uh, Russia, which are real and important, but uh, that cannot, uh, that does not help uh, the global situation in ameliorating what are economic threats to the global economy. And Singapore summit? The Singapore summit, I think, is uh, important globally, uh, and it has many dimensions. First of all, there is the nuclear uh, proliferation uh, dimension. The, that's an important uh, aspect. And if the Americans are able to arrive at an agreement with uh, North Korea, where it actually does halt completely its nuclear uh, program, and then they work towards what, what it can be attained. Even American uh, experts have said that it could take up between 10 to 15 years for the facilities to actually be uh, dismantled in uh, North Korea. This is not a one-off and uh, that's one aspect of it. The other is that the normalization of uh, the Korean Peninsula where a peace treaty still has to be signed yeah. between the two Koreas and the United States which was party to the division uh, of, the, uh, of Korea uh, will be another, uh, you know, to uh, sort out what is left over after uh, the Second World War. Um, the uh, rationalization of uh, Korea may or may not be welcomed by its neighbors. It will be a powerful country, an economically powerful country, and certainly in uh, normal military terms as well. 
Moreover, if American troops remain in South Korea, which is an ally, a military ally of the United States, China will not be happy with that process. You would recall that it had in fact uh, started to harm South Korean uh, economic enterprises in China when the uh, missile defense system, the THAAD, was uh, introduced uh, there. Uh, Japan uh, will be very concerned that this normalization is taking place without any at least public reference to uh, Japanese citizens who were uh, kidnapped by the North Koreans. Now that's a very emotional issue uh, in Japan. It's a humanitarian question. It should be addressed. But uh, Japan is constantly accused of not addressing the humanitarian concerns of the South Koreans regarding the comfort women, South Korean women who were used as sex slaves in the Second World War. Uh, the Chinese constantly uh, berate the Japanese for uh, their uh, uh, activities in, uh, in China and the Shanghai massacre certainly stands out. So uh, I think Japan will be uh, unhappy uh, and then Japan may begin to feel a little bit uh, like a um, you know the only country then in that region with uh, American troops actually based there but it may want them to stay because it will be more and more concerned if South Korea moves closer uh, to China. Russia has a border with, uh, with Korea, with North Korea. So unless it is brought into the peacekeeping, uh, the peacemaking I should say, um, it uh, always has the potential to act as a spoiler. Uh, but it also has uh, genuine uh, security interests in the process as it unfolds. And uh, as far as India is concerned, and you talked about the North Korean denuclearization, there's always an important Pakistani angle to the entire non-proliferation, sorry, to the proliferation uh, network that thrived between Pakistan and North Korea in the 90s. Yeah, well, uh, there were both. Uh, it is uh, uh, alleged that the Pakistani shared uh, nuclear technology with North Korea and the North Koreans, we know, shared uh, missile technologies and missile parts, not just technology, with uh, Pakistan. Um, I, I think that there is enough evidence to suggest that uh, in 1993, when the then Pakistan Prime Minister Benazir Bhutto visited uh, North Korea, she actually flew back with cases uh, containing uh, parts of, uh, of missiles. And uh, I was in the United States at the time and I remember speaking to some uh, American officials who uh, said yes, they had seen boxes lying unloaded even in Karachi from ships, but uh, they didn't have photographs of what was inside. The technology clearly was not advanced enough, satellite uh, monitoring. Anyhow, the point is it has been a matter of grave concern to us because both have also been uh, afforded these technologies by China the nuclear to Pakistan and the missile technologies, it is widely believed uh, to North Korea. We are very concerned that this nexus comes to an end. Uh, we are therefore very interested in uh, the denuclearization uh, of, the, uh, of North Korea and uh, of a normal uh, relationship. This is not to suggest that uh, we are looking at or anyone is looking at this moment at a reunification of the two Koreas. Uh, that I think the security guarantees from the United States and from China and the others will in fact be 
to avoid that possibility because it is in every uh, country, every neighbor's concern, uh, interest to keep them as true. You will remember that they used to say about Germany, the French, uh, that, you know, uh, they like Germany so much they want have to have two of them. <laughs> so, now let's turn our attention to the Shanghai Cooperation Organization uh, Annual Summit which took place in China last week. Uh, coming days after the informal summit in Wuhan between Prime Minister Moji and Chinese President Xi Jinping, uh, where do you see the SCO summit in furthering India-China relations and cooperation? Well, one immediate outcome, of course, is that there uh, that uh, President Xi and Prime Minister Modi had a side meeting uh, at which uh, uh, the Chinese president was invited to come to India next year for an informal summit of the sort that had just happened in uh, Wuhan. Uh, that and he, that he accepted uh, this uh, this invitation. Uh, that's important. I think we also need to re remember that. The Shanghai Cooperation Organization is one of the few uh, regional organizations that India has recently been able to get join, to, to gain membership after 12 years of having sought the membership. Um, India is keen on joining APEC, for instance, not going anywhere. Uh, the Chinese have obstructed its membership of the nuclear suppliers uh, group. And certainly the West, which uh, sometimes is critical of India, joining an organization like the SCO because they say what is a democracy like India doing there with all these uh, you know dictatorial uh, regimes. Well the West hasn't moved to invite India into any of their forums which is why an invitation to join the G7 might be welcome and, uh, and useful at this moment. So I think the, uh, the frequency of meetings, the interaction always helps at least to smooth out differences, to reduce the temperature on uh, differences. And uh, the standoff on the border at Doklam last year uh, was unfortunate. Uh, it could have led to worse and therefore I think both countries were happy to bring that to an end. And to now be taking measures, to arriving at agreements where uh, this kind of thing will not uh, recur. Um, it's also important that in the SCO, India will be interacting with Russia in a forum, in a regional forum, not just at the bilateral level. The Central Asian countries remain important. We haven't been able to move ahead uh, on uh, being able to tap into their energy resources uh, because we are blocked by uh, Pakistan. And the fact that the SCO, there was talk about the North-South Transport Corridor, it can be important if there can be progress on that. It would help if Pakistan were to first of all allow uh, transit for uh, trade from Indian goods to Afghanistan as it already allows for Afghan goods to India. So I think this is a very important uh, uh, meeting. It's also a, uh, an arena where uh, this time the Pakistani president and the Indian uh, Prime Minister only shook hands but perhaps in other subsequent meetings, uh, there can be uh, more exchanges. And of course, it's important that there will be more cooperation on dealing with, uh, with illicit drugs, with terrorist activities, counter-terrorism, cooperation, etc. So just to add what you said, that I think Shanghai Cooperation Organization remains one of the 
very few uh, non-Western regional security groupings and therefore it's important that India becomes a member of it. As you said, you know, our relationship with Central Asia hasn't really taken off and I think our connect Central Asia policy is important and then in that context, membership yeah. of the NCO mm -hmm. also... Uh, and Samir, let us not forget that Iran is... Uh, Iran is also... Iranian there. membership yeah. is yeah. Impending. impending. That's very important as well yeah. for the regional dynamic. Yeah. But I also feel that uh, somehow I think... Uh, the SEO is still a work in progress because uh, despite bringing the powers of Russia and China together, the organization hasn't really uh, taken off. I mean, they haven't made, made right noises in terms of countering terrorism, fighting the illicit drug networks and uh, uh, doing the joint uh, counterterrorism exercises and all that. But it's more of a talk rather than an action and we have to see now that India and Pakistan have come on board and then once Iran comes on board how the organization uh, evolves. And we'd like to see how that uh, now uh, there will be, for the first time, a joint exercise which will have Indian and Pakistani armies participating together in an exercise uh, in Russia in the, uh, in the coming months. So that's also an important uh, activity for, yes, the, for, the, for the SEO. So I think India would like to see a more involved cooperation on this front, more intelligence sharing between the uh, between the countries on terrorism and drug trafficking, yeah. along with the focus on connectivity while keeping the concerns on sovereignty at the forefront. Yeah. No, no, I agree with you, but then it is also for India as the third largest and most important country in the forum to uh, come up with proposals okay. and to take them yes. forward and to participate, to keep our eye on the ball, so to speak. Yes. Uh, and finally, so uh, we had Geneva, we had Vienna, we had uh, Iceland. So. Now, do you see probably Singapore emerging as a neutral venue for path-breaking landmarks and which, like the one happened between President Trump and King? Actually, I do. And the reason I say that is because Geneva, Vienna, etc. Uh, evolved because those were Western quarrels. And those countries found it uh, convenient, they found it easy uh, to go there. Of course, by now, there are many, uh, you know, uh, international uh, organizations headquartered there. So, whether it is you know, the uh, OPEC and whether, you know, innumerable organizations in Geneva, in uh, Vienna, in Paris, okay. uh, in The Hague as well. Uh, so that's, that's history. Uh, now that uh, the uh, relationship, the equations among Western countries, many of the uh, territorial type disputes are sorted out. Most of the disputes relating to such things as uh, arms, uh, nuclear, these chemical weapons, these are sorted out. I think you will see that, so where are the disputes uh, there are in China, with, sorry, in Asia, which is growing uh, rapidly, where uh, the countries begin to identify more and more interests for about, around which they could clash. Uh, there are, of course, many disputes uh, still in Africa, but uh, that the uh, organization of uh, the organization, the OAU, has become much more active and is addressing many of those. So I think it is logical for a uh, hub to emerge in Asia itself, which uh, can address uh, issues. Already, it hosts the Shangri-La Dialogue, it, which has become more and more. Uh, important uh, and of course Singapore has many of the attributes uh, that are needed for such summits you know it's a hub for uh, airlines it's a hub for communications shipping, uh, shipping um, 
unfortunately also the round tripping of uh, of uh, corrupt monies but it's also becoming a hub for legal services and uh, it has uh, very tight security but in which is deployed in very sophisticated ways so it's quite in, invisible uh, when you go there and it has a highly educated uh, technically proficient uh, population uh, it seems to me that uh, it's a better hub than uh, many of the existing uh, european uh, capitals so um, i would like to see singapore emerging as an important neutral venue and of course you know it's always interesting to remember that countries in asia the ethnicities are all uh, uh, mixed we are a mosaic so singapore is uh, predominantly of chinese ethnicity but it has a large and very accomplished very successful uh, indian origin population a malay uh, uh, population uh, it depends on malaysia even for its water uh, resources so it seems like a really good idea interesting perspective ambassador dev thank you very much for your insights and thank you very much for helping us to decipher all these three important themes thank, thank you thank you